Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am an energy and sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, our chat room is open, and I know that there are people in there already, so feel free to start a discussion or whatever it is that you, if you have any questions or anything like that, post them. We do try to get all of the questions answered, and if we can't for some reason, then, you know, just keep trying. Just type in, please come to me. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you can't continue to listen online, Call us directly by dialing 347-2020-227. That way you can listen by phone or you can use your Bluetooth if you're driving around. Let's see, last week someone did mention that they did not know who the author was and the website and everything like that. I always post it in the chat room. So it was somebody who was in the chat room. Read the first few lines that have been sent and you'll get the person's information that you need okay so be sure to check scroll back up once the conversation gets going in case you don't catch it when we talk about it later in the show do you consider yourself a fashionista do you know how to be a magical fashionista well if not you will by the end of the show tonight we're speaking with Tess Whitehurst she is an intuitive counselor energy worker feng shui consultant public speaker and the author of magical flowers the Good Energy Book, and Magical Housekeeping. And she's appeared on the Bravo TV show Flipping Out, and her writing has been featured in both Writer's Digest and Whole Life Times Magazine, as well as online at the Huffington Post and LemonDrop.com. And we are extremely fortunate here at Energy Awareness Radio because she is here to discuss her most recent book, Magical Fashionista, Dress for the Life You Want. And boy, don't we all want to do that because we're all trying to come into, you know, what is the life that we want? And maybe if we start dressing the part, it will come to us. That usually works. This is a very different topic that we're talking about tonight, one that we haven't had on air. So I'm very excited to have her here. So good evening, Tess. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? I am being wonderful. Good evening to you, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, this is, it really is exciting because we haven't talked about this. We've had feng shui experts on, we've had astrologers on, we've had psychics on, we've had intuitives on for pets and everything else, but we've never had anybody who could actually shed light on how we can all become our own magical fashionista. And, and I think that's very important, especially in the time that we're in now, because people are trying to find changes and do things right. And your book talks to all of those things. It speaks so well to each thing. So I wanted to start with, you know, you are not just the ordinary fashionista. You are a magical fashionista. How did you come to that, and what is the difference? Explain that to our audience, if you would, please. Well, um, I uh, I started coming into this awareness uh, not actually that long ago. I I had been practicing feng shui for a while in metaphysics and, and spirituality, and it suddenly was this really interesting epiphany that I, while I understood the significance of how I arranged my home, how I did ritual, how I, how I interacted in colors and, and, you know, oils, but I was, I realized that the way I was interacting with my own physical body 
was not the most loving or conscious. And I think that's very significant. And I, I thought it was interesting that you said you haven't had someone on the show who has talked about that. And I think that's significant because we have this, I think in our culture, we have this duality, this idea that, that we can either be spiritual and deep and conscious and compassionate, or we can be materialistic and shallow and care about things like clothes. I think it's subtle. It's not like we're always taught that, but on some level we learn that. And it was such a beautiful moment when I realized it was, I was actually doing some work, um, some inner work surrounding some abuse that I experienced as a child, some sexual abuse, and I was doing a lot of work of getting into my body, being conscious of being present in my body. And when I did that, I realized when I drape myself in colors and fabrics that feel good, when I shower and send love to my body through my hands and, and wash myself consciously and with love and anoint myself with oil, it's, it's such a powerful practice for self-love, which obviously affects everything else in our lives. That makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of people, rather than going in and learning about themselves and seeing how they can portray their authentic self to the world, they just watch what's on TV, what are the styles, what can I wear, what's out there, will it fit, what looks good on me, but they don't really give it any more than a covering for the body, something for protection, something to be, you know, worn that's pretty. And it may not even look that good on them, but because it's in style, that's what they choose to wear. They don't really give it another thought. And it's right. interesting that you say that you went within to find this out and you learned it through your feng shui. Is that, was that the catalyst for writing the book, the fact that it was your interest in feng shui that brought all that about? Well, it's definitely a realization that it's the same thing. I mean, in China, we have popularized here, we have feng shui now, but they also have face reading. And, and a part of feng shui is, uh, and I mean, face reading includes your hair, the shape of your face, your skin, your, the quality of your voice. I mean, it's more than just your face. And those are all the same principles of feng shui. It's the five element system. Um, and so they have face reading in the five elements, that are really pervasive. So it was just this, I mean, the whole concept of feng shui is that inner and outer are linked. There's no separation. So really it's, it's applicable completely to our bodies. And even in a way, it's more powerful in a way because it's, it's our, it's the place where we literally, where our body literally intersects with the outside world. So to, to let that be, uh, to, to, accept and embrace the idea that appearances are a way of communicating. It's a way of, and we all, we all, it's okay that we all want to be seen and admired. I think that's another thing that we kind of get this idea that it's either, you know, I'm shallow and I want to be pretty and I want people to think I'm pretty or, oh, I don't care, who cares? But really, we all care. It's just, we're just human. We, we want to be admired and that's because we are beautiful, radiant beings, and so it's in our nature to want to be seen and admired and recognized for the unique energetic essences that we are. And I think that's true in some instances, but I'll give you a couple of examples where I think it's not like for me. When I go to yoga, I really just don't care. I'm there for the yoga. I'm, there for, I'm not wearing the yoga clothes. 
and I, I don't have pink written across my butt. You know, I'm just there in what is comfortable for me to wear, and I go to do the yoga because that's what's bringing me in the present moment. So I think there are times when, you know, you're just doing what you want to do to be present in the moment, and it really doesn't matter what you're wearing as long as you're comfortable. And then there are other times where you know, yeah, I have to look good. You know, I have to put on yeah, something that's going to fit in with everyone. I would even say, though, that your decision to wear something more nondescript is an aspect of how you're wanting to feel in that moment. So even that is a conscious decision that you think, well, what will I feel? I mean, on some level, you're thinking what feels best to me. And it's not something, you know, from Victoria's Secret, like you said, with something written across the butt. It's you wearing something that puts you in the moment that is that that ha- keeps the focus on yoga so so that would be your intention in that situation too so your intention doesn't have to be to be noticed every time but but to be in the zone of the energies that you're wanting to experience and draw toward yourself that's an excellent point, and thank you, because I did not look at it from that perspective. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, when I go out in my yard to garden, I'm just wearing, I mean, they're the worst clothes in the world. They have stains all over. <laughs> I just, I don't care, because they're only going to get dirty. And I'm in the front yard. I'm like, oh, well, you know. But even that's a choice, and you're right. You're right. You make these choices based on, you know, what it is you're doing and actually being in the moment. Do, if I'm in the moment in the garden and I'm wearing brand-new gloves that are white, I'm not going to really be gardening and be in the moment. I'm going to be concerned about am I getting these white gloves dirty. So I buy brown gloves. <laughs> They're already <Yeah>. dirty. <laughs> you know, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I have found myself that I used to do the thing of, oh, I'm cleaning house today. Who even cares? I don't even remember what I'm wearing. I'm just wearing whatever I wore to bed or, you know, I used to do that and. And um, when I started to go, oh, I'm cleaning house today, what seems fun to wear for cleaning house? I mean, some days I might feel like jeans and a T-shirt, um, but I might be a little more conscious even about the, the T-shirt I pick. If it has spots on it, I, now I tune in and think, well, does that feel, do I feel better when I wear a different T-shirt, even when I'm cleaning house? I, I even went on Etsy and found a really cool um, apron, a vintage, it wasn't very expensive, but it's a vintage embroidered apron that I wear when I clean house just because I used to have that. Just, you know, I'll just throw on whatever, I'll throw mm-hmm. on my stuff and clean house. But then I realized it, I actually, it improves the quality of my life. It's fun for me to look a certain way sometimes. I mean, if I'm not in the mood, I don't. But sometimes I like to, to take each moment, no matter what I'm doing, and have it be a, a moment of celebration. Yes, and you know, it's funny you should bring that up and say you're wearing a vintage apron just to, just to clean the house because we are often told to dress for success. So when you get a job, dress for the job that you want next, the promotion that you want. So those in power will see you and that you're already in the clothing in order to move forward. Now, what you're doing is dressing for success and cleaning your house. It's the same thing. Yeah, if I'm if my success that I am intending for the day is to enjoy the moment and to be present and to feel beautiful, and and I also have it also has been wonderful for my relationship too because now I don't think oh who cares I think well can I my boyfriend is going to see me cleaning house and I do like the idea of him seeing me look cute <laughs> that's okay <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's very true. You're going to have to learn to clean when he's not around. Then you don't, then you really don't. You know? <laughs> but I think 
some people feel that fashion is superficial, but it's really not. I mean, even when you, for years they've been saying dress for the next job. The day that you get a job, know what job you want, look around and see what you want in six months, dress for that job and you will get it. And I believe that that's true because especially today, you see people that go to work dressed I mean, they're not, they're, corporate America is not, you can't look at somebody and say, oh, they're in corporate America like you used to be able to before. You don't know mm-hmm. what anybody does for a living. You know, it's yeah. kind of sad because it, 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 to me, it, it is somewhat, I hate to say this, and I'm going to get a lot of emails because this word's going to come right out of my mouth. It's a little disrespectful, <laughs> not just to the job, but to yourself because you're not honoring yourself. You're just dressing however you want and not putting as much care into it, but that might be old school. So that just may, may be me talking in an old school way. Well, I mean, I think that there's a way that you can have it be that you're respecting yourself in the moment and your whatever your work environment may be, and that might mean that you will dress in a more traditional way for the workplace, or it might not. It might you might be in a kind of a more playful sort of forward sort of more open-minded environment and it might be appropriate but still no matter what the environment is or your mood is or your job is you can become conscious because that's really my message in general with all my books and everything that I teach is we're going to be interacting with the physical world so to separate this idea of physical mundane and spiritual, elevated, non-physical, it doesn't really make sense. I think coming into the present moment, that chop wood, carry water, wait, <laughs> carry wood, chop, chop, uh, carry wood, carry water, chop wood. <laughs> okay. That is the idea of, um, of dressing with intention, of, of cleaning your house with intention, of taking the physical world seriously and as a mirror of the non-physical world. And, and good that you said that, taking the world seriously, because, for instance, what is it called? Dress down Friday, casual Friday, whatever they call that. I know people who still go to work dressed the same way they do Monday through Friday. Then I know people who do dress a little bit down. And then I know people who will wear, like, those farmer overalls. And I think, really? All week long you were in a corporate suit, and now you're wearing those because that sets a tone to management. You may think it doesn't, but I guarantee it does. That's not... Oh, yeah. That, that's setting a horrible tone, actually, and people wonder why don't they get promoted. Well, that could be part of it. And as much as we want to say, well, that's discrimination, that's wrong, you can't do that, people are consciously doing it when they're in an executive position. They're just looking around saying, okay, who's the one that – because a lot of times you see people who get jobs who do dress professionally all the time. And people wonder, how did they get promoted? Well, they dress apart. It really is a very yeah. psychological thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm in I'm in L.A. and in Venice, so we have a kind of a different, it's like everybody's casual all the time, a little bit more casual. Well, that's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a different culture, but I still think it's nice to not wear sweats to dinner and to, because I mean, yes. I, don't, I don't feel like I want to judge people if they really love that and that feels good to them, but I think in a lot of cases, just based on how I used to be, um, I know that I, when I was in that, I wasn't as happy as when I started to become conscious of what I felt best in. But that was what your line of work was going to be, so you were, cha- you were shifting fields anyway, correct? Well, I just mean, I don't necessarily mean based professionally. I mean, just in general, going to, oh, dinner, going to the grocery store. Yeah, just any time, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, just 
loving yourself and choosing things out of self-love and, and out of and, – and I have also loved the, the process as I have been doing this of acknowledging things that I personally love. Like I didn't even realize how much I loved wearing lace or how much I loved wearing shawls or scarves because I just wasn't tuned in. But I started to notice that when I wore something a little flowier, um, a little lacier, I was in a better mood, I had a better day. And I just think not only because it creates a better vibe in general and makes me happier, which makes me more magnetic, but also because right. I'm getting to know myself. I'm getting to see, wow, that's, that's an emanation of my personality, and that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that happens to people on a lesser level just as they go through life, that they realize, okay, you know, this is what I'm comfortable because that's why everybody has a style or as, uh, how did you word it in the book? You said people go through phases and they go get on a kick and their kick yeah. might be, you know, they want to be vintage for like a month or they're wearing hats or they're into florals or patterns or stripes or a specific color, like all black. I know a guy who wore black all the time. Oh, that's all he wore was black. You couldn't put him in a sweater or a shirt that was another color. It was just all black. It lasted two years. It was a phase he went through. And he looks back mm-hmm. on it and he says, yeah, I don't know why I did that. I just did. But whatever it is internally that's going on probably is the reaction or reacts in a way that that's how you choose your clothing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I like to think, too, I read this quote once by Johnny Cash where someone asked him, why do you wear black all the time? Why are you the man in black? And it, it was just the most simple and basic answer. He said, well, I wore black. And it was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like I wore black and I felt like it looked good and I felt good in it. So I just kept wearing black. <laughs> That's like, a good example of, you know, notice that. If you just love wearing black, you love wearing lace, go with it. And then everything is always changing. You're changing Cycles are changing. You might be like Johnny Cash and wear black every day forever. Anytime you're on stage, I think you wore blue in the summer. Or you might shift season to season. You might shift year by year. But being awake to those changes is another way to ride the cycles of energy, the waves of energy as they move through you and, and the planet. Now, when we speak about this, employing fashion in a way that's you know beyond the warmth and protection and making ourselves more attractive – and, of course, social convention. It's a different concept from the norm. But is it a new concept? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's ancient. I mean, I read a book by Tim Gunn, The Fashion Bible, and he was talking about how the first clothes that people wore, historians, anthropologists believe, were not for the purpose of warmth but were for the purpose of magic, that they were things like protective amulets or, um, or fertility charms. Okay, well, that makes sense because they were trying to procreate and, you know, bring the earth, yeah, so it's, well, populate it's the earth. Like mm. It's aligned with uh, our, our um, as humans, it appears that our relationship with clothing is a magical one, that it goes back very far. Now, you also speak about astrology. So first, are you an astrologer? No, no, no. I mean, I'm just an astrology enthusiast. Okay, all right. So how does, me too, (laughs) how does astrology (laughs) fit in with all of this? How does astrology play a role in all of this? Well, a number of ways. So my favorite way, I, I would say, well, one of my favorite ways is that 
the moon changes sign every two to three days. So today it's in Cancer, or at least it was this morning when I woke up. And um, and right. I like to look at the moon sign of the day just to get an idea of the personality of the day, the kind of energies I'm going to be sensing. So that will that will play a part in what I decide to wear. So cancer, it might be something dreamier, something washier, something white or black or gray or silver because cancer is ruled by the moon and it's a water sign, um, maybe a watercolory print or something like that. Um, so that's one way. The sun, of course, also changes signs, and so you can be conscious of that. And then um, the day of the week, it has a planetary ruler. So today's Wednesday, and the planetary ruler is Mercury. So I would also be conscious of that. And I, there's certain things that I do, but it's more of a feeling that I have. So there can be certain colors and symbols, but it's the energy I'll tune into. So the energy of Mercury is about communication. It's very airy. So I might wear lavender, silver, or metallics, or, or certain symbols that are aligned with air. Um, and and then there's also Chinese astrology. So that's the energies elementally and also from their zodiac change every year. The elements change every two years. And then the signs change every year. And that can put a color into the energy of the time. Then there's your personal astrology. So that's interesting. So you can look at your sign your Western sign, your Eastern sign, and see there's some really interesting alignments in feng shui and in face reading that with your elements. So you can look at that, and then you can look at what, what your element is in the Western sign, and if you're fire, you might like sparkles, you might like animal prints, you might like bright colors. Um, if you're water, you might like things that are a little bit more flowy. If you're air, maybe white silvers, really clean kind of look, maybe flowy scarves. Um, if you're earth, kind of more grounded, sort of the more hippie, grounded, camping kind of sweaters and sensual things kind of feelings. But those are generalizations. But it's all just ways of looking at the kaleidoscope of energies that are you and that are the present moment. You know, and, and that's great. It sounds like an awful lot of work. And in your book, you don't just tell us what to wear. You actually provide exercises to, to help us find our own unique essence and our own personal fashion mojo. And what you just explained is all in your book. But it sounds like a lot of work, and it's not because you have shortcuts. Well, you know, it's not so much that you have to work really hard at it. To me, it's been more just of a noticing and then mm-hmm. letting it little by little kind of permeate the way that I decide to dress myself or the things I choose. So it's, it's more of an awareness of the tides of energy that are moving through because the idea is since we are energetic beings and we each are our own little energetic essence that's a part of the whole energy, the, the whole thing, we're like a, a drop in the sea of energy. So to be aware of who, what our essence is like and then what the essence of the time is like, the day, the moon sign, the sun sign, the Chinese sign, all of those things, what you can do is choose things, choose colors and symbols and textures that allow you to align with the tides of energy. So it's like you're fueling your own personal energy and then you can, with your intention, channel that sort of fueled energy into creating 
see the conditions and the situations that you want to create. So I know it might sound, sound like a lot of work, but it's really just from a feeling place rather than a thinking place. Does that make sense? The, yeah, but the only reason why it sounds like a lot of work is because you need to look up where's the moon, where's the sun, what's the day's energy, what planet is ruling the day, that type of thing. Other than oh, that, yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, oh, but yeah. to have, you have to have access to that to say, okay, what's going on? Whereas, I remember working corporate, I used to write on the calendar what, on Sunday night what I was wearing each day based on the meetings that I had during the week. And I would write down which suit I was wearing each day and I'd change it out, you know, the next week. And I wanted to make sure I didn't duplicate things. People saw me the same thing, you know, but I would do it that way. I didn't look up a lot of stuff because I just did it based on how do I want this meeting to go. And that's an intuitive process as well. You just don't have the astrology behind it helping you. It probably would have helped me more. <laughs> if well, I had maybe, that. but you also, might, you also might have intuitively kind of been choosing those things. I noticed that if I don't look at the moon sign for the day, which I usually do, but if I don't, I'll find myself drawn to things that fit the moon sign anyway. Right. Right, and what you and fit your own mood, and it just happens to coincide with the moon sign. But that makes sense because your mood and what you're feeling is going to be enhanced by what's going on with the moon and the sun. Right. So the 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 shortcut really is just feel your own awareness and your own mood and what's going on for the day, and dress for what you feel will work for you. Exactly, that's the shortcut. And then, I mean, an, a side effect, or you can look at it either way, but I love the process of letting my clothing and self-care choices be a, a method of staying in alignment with the astrological energy. I find that to be powerful because then I'm in the habit, and it just kind of, it's a, it's a focal for keeping me in that habit of going, oh, what's the moon sign? What's the planetary ruler of the day? And how am I feeling? Because then I will more and more get an intuitive alignment with, with the astrological uh, energies. And, and people have a different resonance with different things. Some people might resonate with numerology and say, well, the number today is this, so I'm going to dress such yeah. and such a way. Or, you know, it depends on what it is. You happen to really draw from the astrological side, and that just comes through naturally because you've been doing it for a while and you enjoy it and you like it, whereas someone else, just so the listeners know, you can draw on anything. So if you just really think in your head and, you know, what is it that I'm – and go to your heart and say, what is it that I'm feeling and how do I want to portray myself today, most likely you're going to choose what's going to be in the best interest of you and, and the happenings of the day, whatever the day presents itself with. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's finding your own it's it's more it's not so much about making sure you know all the details of how to do it, but like you said, it's more about finding a way to spiral more closely into alignment with yourself. Yes. Mhm. We are speaking with Tess Whitehurst author of Magical Fashionista, and you can learn more about Tess by going to her website, TessWhitehurst.com. It's T-E-S-S-W-H-I-T-E-H-U-R-S-T.com, and it's on the website, so you can check, check it out after the show. And, uh, you know, it's on the Blog Talk website, and you can go check it out after the show so you can learn more about her and, and everything that we're talking about here now. It's really very interesting. Uh, one of the points that you made in the book that I really liked was when you referred to us as a work of art. Because we are. I mean, I always am saying I'm a work in progress. Now I'm a work of art in progress. So that's really kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. I think it's neat to 
look at yourself like you're a work of art. Look at the colors in your hair, your skin, the patterns in your eyes, and then let your clothing be something that enhances and complements the, the pattern. So, for example, some people like I have a lot of um, of fiery elements, which I mean by which I mean kind of pointier, more triangular shapes. So I find that when I wear V-necks or when I tie my scarf with the V, so it mirrors and enhances those shapes. And my my eyebrows go up to a little point. So looking at those, so I'm just saying. Be conscious and look, and instead of saying, oh, you know, that magazine said pastels are in this season, maybe you want to wear pastels, but maybe instead you want to look at, at you and your colors and the patterns that will enhance you specifically. Sure, because, you know, we can all look at the magazines, and it's kind of like when people go to the uh, hairdresser and say, this is what I want, and expect to come out looking like that celebrity. It, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work right. like that. Right. <laughs> Very few people coming out, come out looking like, you know, what's in the magazine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, one other area that you covered that I was very intrigued with is I personally believe there's an angel for everything. And we've talked about this on this show a number of times. There are angels all around us, and they're just begging for us to ask them for help. And you talk about having a personal fashion angel or some being in the non-physical world to call upon for the purpose of looking and feeling our best. I love that idea because I just don't think of that. You know, I'll just ask for help when I need it, when it comes up, and I'll think, oh, come on, angel, come help me do this, you know. It might be something stupid, like when I put my contact lens in and it keeps falling out or it's in backwards, I'll say, where's the contact lens, angel? And then the next thing you know, it's in my eye right but you do speak about, you know, the, the uh, angels coming in, not just for health and self-care, but for your wardrobe as well. So isn't that, that means you I, have I thought a fashion that, angel. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought of that because I do have a fashion angel, and I, I, the, my presence of my fashion angel inspired me to share this idea with other people. And my fashion angel is my grandma, Cece. And she used to, I was just thinking today, because I walked by a store, a clothes store, and I smelled that new clothes smell, and I just right away <laughs> thought of my grandma, Cece, <laughs> because she oh took me shopping. She was the person who took me shopping, and it was very important to her to get me things that I felt good in and to find good deals, and, and to, but more to really get me what I wanted. And so now, and oh, not only that, but she was so glamorous, just so glamorous, always put together perfectly and in such a unique to her sort of way. She was Italian, and she had a sort of a... Dolce and Gabbana, sort of lacy, gold, you know, kind of thing going on. It's so pretty. And um, so now when I'm going shopping, I will sometimes ask my grandma for help. I'll say, Grandma Cece, can you help me find the best clothes at the best price? And I also think of her when I choose clothes because I admire her style so much. So she's like a style icon and a helper. So I thought that would be excellent for people. I think a lot of people probably already have a fashion angel, and they don't necessarily call it that. But, for example, I have a girlfriend whose fashion angel has got to be Marilyn Monroe just because of the way she loves her, the way she kind of models herself after her. I, I am sure that's who it is. But it can also be an angel, like Archangel Jophiel, a literal angel. Archangel Jophiel is the angel of beauty. 
or it could be a goddess like Lakshmi or, or Aphrodite or one of the goddesses that, that is about beauty, or it could be a goddess that for some reason her style, her energy is something that you feel like you'd like to embody, or a god or, or any sort of being in the non-physical realm, really, a deceased loved one, a deceased celebrity, uh, a, someone from history, Cleopatra, for example. That's interesting. You must be able to peg people from pretty far away as to what their, maybe what their angel is or who their angel is. Do you do that? What do you, what do you mean? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, sometimes. somebody comes along and you might see them for like a week, you know, every day for a week and you realize, oh, it just hits you. Oh, this person is like share. Oh, yeah. I mean, could be. It depends on the person and their fashion angle. I mean, it might be someone more subtle like my grandma. It would be hard for people to guess if they didn't know my grandma. Yeah. But, yeah, like in the case of my friend Janine, I think a lot of people would say definitely Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Or who was that person that went to the Oscars one year and was wearing a swan? Remember that? Bjork? Oh, Bjork, Was that her yeah. name? Yeah. yeah. That, now, there's a style. I don't know what it that was. Is but it, was style. it was a style. Bjork definitely has her own style going on. Like Lady Gaga. Yeah, very similar. You're right. Kind of the same thing. You know, or even Madonna. Um, you know, they all have their yeah. own special little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they aren't those women who are really embodying their energetic essences. Now, you also explain how we can employ fashion for all kinds of what you call magical purposes. So would you give us an example of a magical purpose and then tell us what's the simplest way for somebody to begin working their own wardrobe witchery right now with that magical purpose? Okay, sure. Well, for example, you might want to, let's say you really would love to be more, oh, I know, have a really great presentation. Maybe you would like public speaking to be something that you feel more comfortable with, for example. And so maybe you could choose a scarf because it would go around your neck or a necklace. And maybe you could choose something, just for example, something that's significant, but for example, because the throat chakra is aligned with the color blue, you might choose something that's blue or teal. And then you can infuse this item with the the intention for confidence while public speaking, um, so for for eloquence or or confidence. So then you might let's say it's a scarf. You might lay the scarf out on your bed, and then feel the feeling of confidence. Imagine yourself standing in front of a group and speaking out clearly and eloquently and confidently. And how does that feel and feel that feeling, especially feel the feeling. So once you do that, then you can, from a feeling place rather than a thinking place, direct this energy of this intention into this item because we can channel energy through our bodies, just like Reiki. So you might hold your palms out towards the scarf and envision white light coming down through the crown of your head, down to your heart, out your arms, through your hands, into the scarf. You could envision feel, imagine the scarf pulsating with this light that has this intention in it, so you're magnetizing it. You're also aligning it in your mind with this intention. So, and everything is in your mind. I mean, everything you're experiencing, everything you're seeing, everything you're thinking, it's all coming from 
your brain and, and how that filters everything. So that's very powerful. So you're aligning that. And then when you wear it, then you can, you can hold that intention and help magnetize it. You could even, while you're doing this, this visualization, you could even say something out loud like an affirmation, like I confidently express my thoughts and ideas maybe three times or nine times as you're directing this energy into it. So you can do this with any intention as long as it doesn't interfere with anyone's free will. So it's got to be, it can't be, can't specifically say this scarf is going to enchant so-and-so, but you can say when I wear this scarf, I am very enchanting and magnetic so that it's, you know, not, not specific to any one person, but any intention that, that doesn't interfere with free will, that doesn't hurt anyone, and uh, with any item. I would think that once you have a handle on this and you're doing this on your own, as you do, when you are in a meeting with someone and the way that they present themselves, you can almost read them so that you can bet based on what they're wearing, so that you can better guide the meeting, stay on topic, and have the outcome that, of course, is for the highest good of all in a much more efficient manner without any drama, without any, you know, judgment or without any arguing. Because sometimes meetings can get a little, you know, people are arguing back and forth. And you could, I bet you can tell by just watching when somebody comes in a room that these people may be the ones that will argue more than these people. Is that a fair statement? Um, well, I mean, there are definitely some principles that you could acknowledge. And I think Chinese face reading is an especially powerful for something like that, and that does carry over into clothing choices. But, I mean, I, for example, since I have learned about Chinese face reading, I will notice if someone is a water person or a fire person or a wood person or a metal person or a water person, there's everyone is an interplay of elements. So, I mean, you have all five elements no matter what, but you might have one that predominates, and you can tell that by the quality of your skin, your hair, the shape of different parts of your face, of your body. And so noticing, oh, that person's a wood person, then you know certain personality characteristics that go along with those. And so in that way, I think you're right. And then, of course, there's always the intuitive sense of, well, when I oh, see yeah. someone dressed like that, I have the intuition that they feel this certain way about themselves or about the situation. So, so of course, there's that, too. I'm thinking, though, it would be more, it would actually help to validate, because you can tell when somebody walks in a room what mood they're in. When I go into a committee meeting or a board of directors meeting, I can tell, you know, just based on how the people walk in and how they present themselves. And I'm not talking about their wardrobe, but you can feel their energy. And, and that may be because I'm an energy therapist, I don't know. But then I would think based on seeing what they're wearing, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just backing it up. It's even more, you know, stronger than I All thought right. it was. Whereas... You know what I mean? <laughs> because yeah, they don't know that then, they're doing this. Yeah, and then, of course, there's posture, too. That's such a big, big telling thing about mm -hmm. how someone energetically, what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. You have so much information in the book. It really is jam-packed full of all kinds of good information that you can use to either 
you know, I mean, some of it's funny. You know, you can laugh, and, and some of it's just really – you even have spells in the book. I laughed at that, I have to say. But that was cool. But that's <laughs> kind of like what you were just talking about, doing the intention. You're just kind of putting a spell on the clothing to have the clothing infused with your own being, your own essence, so that, you know, your energy field, which is huge on either side of you and in front of you and behind you and interacts with everybody else who's walking around because people think, well, I wasn't near the person. No, but your energy field was. And you can, right. you know, interact that way and you're picking up. And the energy field is everything. It doesn't matter. You don't have to touch a person. It's the energy. That's what you're taking and giving and sharing and, you know, all that stuff. So I think that the book provides the reader with an incredible amount of information that, you know, you might want to read it once just to get through it and then go through and start using it more as a guidebook and, and go to the different parts so that you can see, you have things, sections on like scarves and tops and, and things like that. So it is, it is um, set up so that one can do that. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you, you feel like we get fed a lot of information. Well, it is, and, and it's set up so that you can go to, you know, when it says you talk about days of the week and the elemental observations and, you know, what not to wear. You know, like when people say, and I love this one, don't wear white after Labor Day or before Memorial Day. Okay. That, I don't know why people still say that. That went out like 20 years ago, and yet people still right. say it. So I purposely right. wear white between Labor Day and Memorial <laughs> Day. I don't know if I'm doing it to tick people off or not, but if, if I'm feeling good and I want to wear white, I will wear stark white. And people will say, T, you're yeah. wearing white. And I'll say, yeah, why not? It's a color. Well, to me, it seems <clears throat> very appropriate for winter. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, fun. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the advice, you know, you hear these experts on TV, and I have to say, you know, when, when we're talking about mixing prints, there are some prints that will coordinate well, like on bedding, you know, you might have flowers mm-hmm. with an alternate side of a stripe or something. But they had this one gentleman on TV this past spring who had on plaid shorts and a striped top or vice versa it was god awful i don't know who the designer was and i thought what are you telling this poor man you know he just doesn't look right and he obviously was not comfortable you know and i thought wow that's just kind of well that's you know, the important thing yeah yeah being comfortable mm-hmm. is the important thing because it can be one person might feel fabulous in stripes and in plaid and you can tell and that's when you really you know it's like how you have things in your closet that you feel like you should like, and you got it because you thought you should like it, and then when you wear it, you yeah, just don't you feel that great. <laughs> yeah, and that's because it's just for whatever reason, it's not fueling your, your personal energy. But then there's other things, and, and that same exact thing might make someone else feel just amazing, and it's hard to put your finger on exactly why. Sometimes there can be some principles you can look at, like the colors or the, you know, that it might be aligned with your astrological makeup in some way. But other times it's just a mystery, but it's important to be tuned into to that unique, whatever makes you unique. Yes. And, and that probably is, uh, you know, something that people need to remember as they go through the book. It's not really what people are putting out there. It doesn't matter if designers say you can wear plaid and striped together. Don't do it if you don't like it. Do it if you do. If you want to wear polka dots and flowers, go right ahead. But if somebody, you know, if you're doing it just to be in style, it's probably not really in style. It's probably in vogue. And there's a difference. 
Yeah, and you know, because tell, when someone feels great in what they're wearing, they look great. I mean, you can tell. It's like, wow, she really, she's just really pulling that off because she feels great. And then someone else could go home and try the same exact thing and just doesn't, the same effect doesn't happen. And you know because of how you feel. Because I really think that in most of the whole concept of fashion, most of what really makes people look good is when they feel good. If you feel good in something, you emanate beauty and confidence, and you you draw the eye, you radiate. So letting it be not, oh, good, you're wearing something that's okay, that they, the experts on TV said is all right. It's not about that. It's about finding the thing that makes you feel confident because that's what's going to make you look beautiful. And we're running a little um, – we're going to be running out of time shortly, so I want to ask you, is that what – is the number one thing that you want the reader to take away from this book, or is there something else? Um, I would like, yes, yes, feel confident, but, but for, I think the number one thing I would like people to take away is to love yourself, to know you're beautiful, to treat yourself like gold, to shine your light in the world. That's beautiful. That really is. Now, you have not just only books, but you provide in-home consultations in the L.A. area as well as phone consultations for those who are not in the L.A. area, and you have some upcoming events, and I know that this year you're starting online classes. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. I'm just getting that, the online classes going. I mean, I haven't gotten them up yet, but we're working on getting them up soon. Right, I saw that. So this is something that people will be able to go to your website and look at, and it's an online class, so they'll be able to take it. And I'm going to ask you, is it a class that they have to take it at the time it's given, or is it downloadable and they can take it on their own? Or you haven't decided yet? Take it on your own, at your leisure, Ah. in your own time. Yeah, and we're we're starting, I'm saying we because my boyfriend is helping me, and we're starting with one, and then we're going to have a series of four, and hopefully this will continue through a number of classes, maybe 12 eventually. That, sure, that's great. I mean, I think you have an awful lot in the book to, if it's based on this book, to offer. So, you know, you couldn't do it. And are they going to be like one-hour classes? Um, like maybe an hour and a half for the video and mm-hmm. then a, a PDF with some things, that some reading to do and some assignments and things like that for each class. And it's going to, I'm starting out by focusing on feng shui. Clutter clearing is first and then the five element system, the bagua map of your home, and then placement. So that's where I'm starting, but I'm sure I'll add some fashion classes at some point. That's great. No, that, that's really terrific. I think it's a good tool, and I think a lot of people will probably want to do that because they don't know where to go. And if you can get it online, do it in the privacy of your own home, figure, and go back and re-listen to it in case you missed something or you didn't quite get it, you thought you got it and it's not working, you can listen to it again. It's a great tool. So kudos to you for coming up with that. Good job. We are almost Thank out you. of time, Tess. Is there any, you know, you're quite welcome. Is there anything else that you want to tell us, or how can they purchase the books? Can they get it at Amazon.com or just at your website? Oh, yes. It's at Amazon. You can get it at, at a number of major bookstores. Mostly you can find it at those. And um, anywhere you like to buy books online, it'll probably be there. Well, that's terrific. Well, thank you so very much again for joining me tonight. This was so much fun, and it was a different topic, and I think it's probably beneficial for a lot of people because it's a different way to look at how to actually dress and make it the best for you so that you can be the best and, like you said, shine your light. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show. This has been a lot of fun. And you, you're welcome. And if you would, just wait a few minutes. I'm going to do the outro, and then I'll be speaking with you shortly, okay? 
Okay, sure. Thanks. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, everything that we offer here is something that will benefit someone that you know, and it is in a way that is positive. We want them to navigate easily through life, be productive, healthy, purposeful, and, you know, tonight's show, they can do it in a way that's fun and makes them feel good about themselves and makes them shine just a little bit more, just like Tess said. So this show is where you find the tools to do just that from all of the experts that come on. We'd like you to send the link to the show so that everyone can have the same opportunity that you have had tonight to learn and grow and be a better person and live a better life. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead, mark that down in your calendar so that you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please feel free to go to my website, quantumwellness.org, and you'll find an archive list of the past shows, upcoming shows, as well as information about about uh, events that I'll be hosting throughout the year, which include some upcoming Crystal Bowl concerts. I have two of them coming up, one on January 30th, a Thursday night from 7 to 9, and one on February 16th, which is a Sunday from 2 to 4. So check it out. And if you can't come to a concert and you want to experience the Crystal Bowls, you can check out my CD, Imagine, from the site as well, and see if that's something that you'd find would be beneficial to you or someone you know. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a peaceful and safe and happy week. And remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Stop the light. 